What's going on, guys? This is a great one. Uh, hopefully that flips it around on Facebook because that's backwards otherwise. Otherwise, I hope you guys don't learn read backwards, but whatever. Oaksy dokesy. All right. So, let's chat a little bit. Uh, happy Wednesday. Thanks for joining me. Love all of you. Um, if you're tuning into this now, um, I just want to say thank you. And uh, if you get the chance, uh, or if you don't get the chance, uh, take the time and share it if this helps you. If you like these broadcasts, that means that somebody you probably know could benefit or, or would love to watch them too. That being the case, though, I'm not doing this for me. I'm attempting to do my very best to be a vessel for God and the messages that God has taught me and to pass those on to the people around me and the people who I know out there need them. So I believe in my dream, and I believe in my dream so much that I'm going to speak it into existence every chance I get. And that's what I'm doing with these things. Let me grab this drink real quick. And as I learn to speak my dream further and further into, into existence, I love to talk about the process of that. And one of the most crazy things I've figured out as I've walked this path is that second guessing the path that you're walking is literally asking for destruction. Not only did that little like cue card that I held up earlier say, build your dream or you're gonna end up helping somebody else build theirs, there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. I think we should be helping people build their dreams as we go through life. However, the statement is that you will end up building somebody else's dream if you don't choose to follow your dream. I learned a very powerful thing when I was at the Eric Thomas um, motivational seminar, okay? We drove up to Chicago, me and Lacey was a an amazing experience, met with a couple of her friends while we were out there, and then spent the time just like literally like, soaking in this information, and it was so, so good. And there was a one point in time where they offered to say, hey, if you guys want to come up and ask some questions to our panel, um, just hop on up and make a line over there. We would love to have you come up. And if you do that, um, you know, we'll answer your questions. And so I jump up and I'm, I'm always that first person hand raised, you know, but I had something happen internally. All right. And that internal thing that happened is I was like, man, like, I don't really think there's necessarily anything I want to ask these guys because... Um, I feel like most of the time when I go to these kinds of places, the answers are already there inside me. And I don't believe that there's any, um, like, there, there's not answers for the things we want to know. In fact, I think that the biggest problem that people have is that they don't know the right fucking questions. <laughs> because if they ask themselves the right questions, that the answers would come to them so easily. All right. So I jump up and then I like Lacey, I'm like, should I go? Should I go? And she's like, yeah, get going. And I was like, well, what do I, and I was about to ask, what, what should I ask? And instead I just bolted over there. Okay. But in the amount of time it took me for me to second guess myself, I didn't make it to the line in time for them to be able to call me. The person who was sitting right in front of me who just got up and walked over there got that chance. Now that's cool for them. I'm super happy for them. Um, the crazy part is I watched every single person come up in line before me and everybody was like, they had questions like, how do I do this? How do I get my book published? How do this and how do that? And like really in my mind, I was like, those are all easily available pieces of information. You just need to execute on them, okay? But what I didn't do was execute instantly when I had that thought. And because of that, because of that like second guessing, I was unable to get up there and ask my question. The funny part is I was just gonna go up there for a flex and say, hey, you guys, Eric, you, you get my painting I made for you and sent on over to your, uh, your little corporate offices, man? Um, I just kind of wanted to flex, especially I was the only person there who was coated head to toe in tattoos. I was, there wasn't even a lot of people there that had tattoos, period. And so I learned some cool things. I learned that I'm kind of like a niche market, and that means that I have like a whole 
area that I'm filling all on my own of, of like a, maybe not a market's the right word, but like a whole group of people that nobody's really looking to seek to talk to. Um, the second thing I learned was that second guessing part. And that was what I was actually intended to learn. God is so good that when I second guessed myself instantaneously, I knew as I was walking over there, when I made contact with the line, I'm not going to make it in front of time. And then I sat there, I forgot my phone. I sat there and I just started reading the Bible. Um, and I just had a really transformative experience because of that. And since then I've vowed to no longer second guess myself when these directions happen. Now, one of my biggest struggles in life is I spent so much time listening to the world and so much time operating on self-will that sometimes I have to take a second to untangle whether or not it's me talking, the world talking, or whether or not I feel like it's God talking to me through my conscience. And I think that's a very powerful fucking thing to learn. I cannot tell you how game-changing that is. Another perfect example, I just had a, a weird kind of desire today. I've been playing around with this AI bot that generates art and... Uh, uh, I just put it on my Facebook today. I was like, hey, man, anybody that's getting ready for an appointment with me or hasn't made one and wants to get one, um, talk to me about this because it's almost like writing a poetry or some of the story of your life, and then it generates these pieces of art, and we turn around, and after that, we like legitimately, uh, like it, it generates art. We refine it a little bit, and then we'll tattoo it on you. And I put that out there, and lo and behold, my client Corbin was sitting in my chair. <laughs> it was sitting in my chair. I come back around the corner, and he's like, hey, I just saw your post, man. How do you feel about doing it with my thing? And we did. And the greatest part about that too is that I got to do a faith-based piece on him about walking through the storm and how like God is my compass and it generated some dope art. But what I've, what I've come to the conclusion of and really what I want to get around, there's a pretty long setup for my talk here, but it's relevant. Um, you have to build the dream. God will supply the vision and God will supply the tools, but the faith to move mountains requires somebody that carries around a pickaxe and a shovel and preferably also has access to a wheelbarrow. All right. So we have this idea. We, we always ask God to help us do things. And, and more importantly, on top of that, we want things to be easy, but that's not real. In fact, I go so far as to say, I, I challenge you to find anything in life that comes easy that's as worthwhile as something that comes hard. Tell me that you can find anything you can have instantly that is better than something that you can have delayed gratification for and get something better. And besides, I believe God is a good father and I believe that he will not give you something that you're not ready to carry. And the person who earns something is ready to carry it because the gifts and blessings that you will receive as a result of your work is literally earned and the character built is how you carry it those blessings come with responsibilities i've been teaching my child this we've been teaching our children this and what's happening is they're like like Vinny was like man it's like it's almost like adulthood is just so full of responsibilities and it doesn't sound like it's going to be fun i don't know if i want it and whatnot and i was like yeah but the crazy part is the responsibilities come with freedoms and the people that you know that take on the least amount of responsibilities have the least amount of freedom in their life the people that take on the least amount of responsibilities have the least amount of opportunities, all right? And so what I want to get to here is that you have a dream, and thank you, Timmy, I love you, man. Um, if you have a dream, it is your responsibility to chase it, to, to chase it so hard like it's like the oxygen you breathe. Because to have that dream, to have something that inspires you to take action and to be a better person and to not take that action 
is literally, in my humble opinion, looking at God in the face and saying, no thanks, you got it wrong, dog. I didn't anticipate myself ending up being a person who got up in front of people and did like motivational speaking. I didn't think I was going to be the person who got in front of crowds or, or children and people and, and tried to speak a message of hope and love into the people around me. In fact, if you had told me that this is what I was going to be doing five years ago, as, as little as five years ago, maybe even as little as four or three years ago, that I would end up doing and talking and doing these speaking engagements like I am now, I would have spit in your face and told you you're crazy. But as I did it more and more, and as I walked through, through the fire on so many difficult situations, but most importantly, when somebody made eye contact with me and told me, Justin, you must survive Cassie's death. You must live through the death of this person, and you must live through the fire and walk through it clean and do it so that one day you can look at somebody else in the eyes and you can tell them your story and that story will help them live through that day, not take their life, not put the next one in them and find the faith to keep going. And because of that purpose, I realized that it is, and I did a lightweight before that, but because of that purpose, I started realizing that it is not only my dream to do that, but it is my duty to do that. Let me take that a step further. I don't look at this as a fucking option. This isn't an opportunity. This is a requirement. I believe that the dreams that God has supplied me that have been so clear compared to anything else I've ever imagined in my life, the dreams that God has supplied me have been so clear and that the end result has been so inspiring that for me not to chase these things is literally, as I said, to be spitting in God's eye and saying, you got it wrong. And here's the other part of this is that these kinds of things, the people who have breathed life into me, the people who have taken the time to say the things that needed to be said, to hold me accountable in the ways that I needed to be held accountable, and to tell me the, the things I needed to hear, that God loved me and that, I, that there was a plan, I was on here for a purpose, and on purpose, that wasn't a mistake, have changed my life. And since I believe in that so heavily, and since I believe that, I have faith that it's true, is it not a crime at that point in time for me not to continue to push it out there? If I believe that this could help somebody out there, if this, if this talk that I'm giving right now is going to help one person maybe a year and a half from now, and it only takes 10 minutes, 15 minutes of my day to do that, and that person might choose to do something great or choose not to hurt themselves or do something terrible, then isn't it my duty to do that? Doesn't that make it actually negligent for me not to, if I believe in that, aren't I hurting that person by not putting that positive message out there? And I say that because I believe every one of us has a testimony. I believe that testimony must be predicated with a test before it. It's in the word. It's in the word, testimony. Okay? You will walk through the fire. You will walk through difficult times. But I'm telling you right now that your dream... And you'll know it's the correct dream when it doesn't just involve you getting stuff or you getting the girl or the, the, the boy or the, the husband or the wife or the family that you think you need. You'll know that it's the dream when your dream inspires you because of the impact that you have on the people around you. And at that point in time, you are unstoppable. God will turn you into a juggernaut you will crush goals. You will smash everything in front of you. Once you realize that that goal, that dream is so powerful 
that you would be hurting other people to not chase it. That you would be denying your children the opportunity to watch you do something you love doing and be inspired while you do it and to help people as you do it. What a way to raise a child. Certainly seems a lot better than going to work in 9 to 5 every day and fucking hating my life. And at least if I'm doing that and chasing something in the meantime that inspires me, I'm showing them that it's more important to have impact on the world around you than it is to just feel good. I don't care how I feel in the moment anymore. It doesn't matter if I feel good or bad about doing this. I love what I know is going to happen. I love the fact that this could potentially even help somebody so much that I could give a shit less who doesn't approve of it. I could give a shit less whether or not I feel like doing it. I don't operate from feelings anymore because when that dream gets so big and you start making it so so high definition, so 4K, start fleshing it out and really believing it, it has no choice but to come into the physical world because manifestation is a result of faith in action. And faith in action is you demonstrating your belief by taking action on it. The faith to move mountains carries a pickaxe and a shovel. Okay? And then here's the final ingredient, and I need you guys to get this down in your spirits, majorly. For those of my friends that are in recovery, or maybe some of my friends that might have gone through some type of therapy or any type of 12-step program, you know the power of writing, okay? I'll tell people this to their face, and I don't mean to hurt their feelings, but it's true. If you tell me about your dream, and your dream isn't important enough for you to even write on paper, I don't care. I'm not saying that because I don't want you to have your dream. I'm telling you that if it is not powerful enough for you to even bother writing it on a piece of paper, I'm talking paper and pen, not typing it, I don't think you care about it that much. I don't think you really care at all. I think you want the clout or you like the idea of looking like you're a dreamer. You like the idea of calling yourself an entrepreneur or whatever you want to call yourself. But I'm going to tell you something else too as a businessman and not just a man of faith, but how about a, a man of faith and business? If you want to make yourself into a type of person who doesn't have to worry about money and you want to make yourself into the type of person who knows that they're doing the right thing for the right reasons, then you find a way to help as many people as you possibly can. And at the end of the day, the value you give the world will be repaid to you in one way, shape, or form or another tenfold. But the kicker is you have to do it because you truly want to help people. I might have a gift for a tattooing. In fact, I dare say that I know I have a gift. I know that I have a, a gift, a talent, and a drive for it that's untouchable. But I have a calling from God to do this. I have a calling from God to speak life into people. And I know I do because it's uncomfortable. Because I have to choose to do it. Art comes as naturally to me as breathing. I just sit down and before I know it, there's a pen in my hand and I'm doodling. It doesn't, it's not something I have to work at trying to do. I just do it. So I, I have so much practice, it's ridiculous. If you practice enough, you'll get good at something. I have to choose to practice at this. I have to want to do it. I sometimes have to convince myself to do it because I know that the impact it will have is more important. 
And here, around here, in my crew, in our, in this boat that we are all in, we operate with purpose. We operate out of commitment. And to close this out, I'm going to quote Inky Johnson on this one. Having faith to act is having commitment past the time when the feeling that you made the commitment in has faded away. Past that time when you're in front of your boys and you're like, we're going to crush it, dog. Past the time when you're in front of your spouse and you said, I promise this year I'm going to get clean, honey. Past the time when you're looking at your family and you say, I'm not going to keep doing this anymore. Past the time when you look at yourself in the mirror and you say, I'm not going to hate you for the rest of my life anymore. Past that time when that little bit of emotion had you feeling some type of way and you made a commitment. That's what faith is. Because we don't operate around here by how we feel. We operate on what's fucking right. Love you all. Have a great day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. If you get a chance and you're still watching this, please, please share this. If it's a messenger, if it's just on your page, if it's in a text message to anybody you know who you really feel could use a message. Because I'm telling you, at the end of the day, God loves you so much. And if nobody's told you today, I believe in you and so does God. And I want you to act on that belief. Because that's where faith starts.